Hello, Husky Boy Nation, and welcome to the very first episode of the Husky Boy Project. I'm very excited for our first guest. Uh, it's a close friend of mine, Austin Teal, who has been in the fitness industry for a very long time. He has a very unique stance on training, fitness, and nutrition, and has helped many a Husky individual find the right pathway to get better mentally, physically, and emotionally. I'm very excited to talk to him about his background, about his philosophy, and I hope you take away as much as I did from this episode. Thank you so much for supporting us. Please subscribe. There will be more uh, Husky Boy Project podcasts coming down the line quickly. Thank you. So we have Austin Teal, owner of 1031 Fitness um, in Davenport. Is that in Davenport, Iowa? Benton. It's, 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 it rides the line. It rides yeah. the line. Um, mm-hmm. But um, super excited to have Austin here. Uh, he's been in the fitness industry for really your almost your entire career, right? Like yeah, basically. Probably. I started kind of doing the online thing probably close to ten years ago, but brick and mortar for uh, almost six years now. Yeah, that's amazing. So we we're definitely excited to have you on. Um, and just to kind of preface, you know, what what is Husky Boy? Why we've been doing this is is for me. I'm trying to find out, you know different parallels and synergies between um, individuals throughout the entire spectrum of fitness and how we can help educate younger Husky boys to empower, educate themselves, and um, really train them to, to have some self-love to be able to cross that, that path. And talking with trainers, talking with individuals that have made transformations and putting it all together to give the Husky community something to kind of look at and learn from is really what this is all about. Um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. And I think I've probably talked to you about this um, months ago when I said I was launching Husky Boy. But what, what got me was it's pool season as, as you're at your, your parents' pool right now. About it. And I was at our pool and I saw a bigger kid and he's in the pool with the shirt. And he's the only one there with the shirt on. And I'm like, I gotta go now because no one should feel like they have to wear a shirt in a pool regardless of age right and it wasn't it wasn't because he's scared of the sun it wasn't because he didn't have sunblock it's because he was insecure about his body and you know that's that's what this is about because i was that kid like and so that's that's what we're trying to accomplish here is create a community for these people to go to i want to be able to hand them a husky boy business card and be like hey go check out this stuff you belong in this community like let's let's empower you to by the end of the summer have enough confidence to not wear that that fucking shirt, right? What what age did you transfer out of the uh, the t-shirt club, the the Husky Boy t-shirt life? You know what I I remember, I think I was like seventh or eighth grade. It was probably in high school where I I got a little taller, I thinned out a little bit more, um, and that's where I started feeling a little bit more comfortable. Like I was always fucking soft. Like don't get me wrong, yeah. like always soft until. <laughs> until after I mean I was even I was super soft in college like I I'm 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 pretty sure in like some some instances where I might have been intimate I left my shirt on and like yeah that's how that's how leave the t-shirt lifestyle so after college yeah so it's 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 one of those things that it's it's definitely affected me like now I'm like old enough where I just don't I don't really give a fuck like (laughs) this person to judge me but along the way that empowerment should have come earlier in life right and so that's that's what it's about but 
All right, how I want to start these off um, is one, I'm so glad that you're drinking because these should be casual conversations. And yes, guys, he's from the Midwest. And yes, he drinks bush lattes. And that's okay. It's a thing. We respect that. <laughs> um, and um, so this is, this is a segment called Husky Tendencies. And so I think everyone's got a little bit of a fat kid in them. Um, and so while Austin may rock a six pack for you know, eight months of the year, he has some fat kid tendencies as well. And so Austin, I don't know if you drink soda, but it's probably a guilty pleasure. It is for a lot of fitness people I know within the industry. What is like your go-to soda? Like just a tall boy, all the sugar, what, what do you hit? I'm just a Coke guy. Uh, okay. I, I, I don't really do anything crazy. I mean, I like all, like honestly, I like Diet Coke, Coke Zero, uh, Coke. That's honestly what I am. I've never truthfully, I've never been a huge pop guy. Like I, yeah. I am, I'm more so a Coke guy because I'll mix it with whiskey or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But, but the truth <laughs> of the matter is I've always been one that's like, okay, I'm not going to pop cause that's going to be calories in this way. Yep. Uh, I'd rather have like ice cream like that. Those are my, my tenants. Yeah. I'm a sweet tooth all day long. Um, yeah. I'm a sweet tooth all day long, but like in terms in forms of desserts and things like that. But yeah, I mean, if I was going to, if I was going to have a pop, it'd be a, Maybe a Coke Zero by choice, but any Coke is, is my go-to. Any Coke. Okay, that's good to know. Um, now, you are, you're known for, like, fast food cheat meals. I think you actually did a, a challenge, right? So I did. Is, I did a Chick-fil-A challenge. Is it safe to assume that Chick-fil-A is your, your go-to, like, fast food type it, of food? It was. It was before the Chick-fil-A challenge, right. but after the Chick-fil-A challenge. So, so I, did, I did a full month. This was – it might be two years ago now. Um, yeah, I think it was. I did a full month. I think it was like, I think it was in March uh, a couple of years ago. I did a full month where every day, except for Sundays, obviously, because they're closed. Yeah. Every single day, I had to have at least a thousand calories from chicken. I had to consume a thousand calories. It was kind of a, it was kind of a case study with myself to see how much my body would, uh, would change essentially. Yeah. And Honestly, after that, and it's been probably two years now, I think, I am lucky to maybe go to Chick-fil-A once every, like, three months. Okay. And so I'm a Wendy's guy, actually. I'm a big-time Wendy's guy, without a doubt. I'm a Dave's Double all day. Um, you know, I mean, I, I like their chicken nuggets. And, I, get that, I get that triple stack. What are you talking about? You know, if, I'm, if I'm there that day, if I've had, like, a long day of, of training clients and stuff like that, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll up the double to a triple. So. Yeah, I'm a I'm a Wendy's guy at heart right now. If I'm gonna go and, and I'll I'll take down easily probably two thousand, maybe twenty five hundred calories at a in a sitting at, at uh, Wendy's because I gotta get a frosty or something like that. Yeah, and, you know. but you're also I mean you're you're one of the lucky ones that probably doesn't have too much of a sedentary like lifestyle or desk. You're you're up training no. people most most of the day, right? Like you're you're yeah, on the, it, the summers are crazy. So like right now, and I started doing this last year. I I had never noticed in the past. But part of the reason why you see my body weight fluctuate from like eight months of the year when it's fairly nice around here to the four months where it's freezing cold is when I started messing with my Apple Watch and I would see with my clients, which I'll dabble with this when we get into to training clients stuff like that. But like, I'm very big on not like just resting in between sets. Like my clients and I, we will walk all day long, like in between sets of anything that they're doing for lifting weights. Um, and so, I mean, legitimately, I, I get... 
close to 15,000 steps in by lunchtime, like by noon. So, uh, so, so my, my just normal, you know, kind of energy expenditure is, is through the roof. It's kind of insane. Um, so that, I mean, I'm genetically more on the thin side anyways. Like I've always, it's always been hard for me to gain weight. Um, but ever since I got to a point of being a, uh, being on the thicker spectrum of things, probably the last, I don't know, seven or eight years, um, it is is really interesting to see. I mean, just some of that basic stuff with my day to day life. It'd be interesting to see how it was if it was different. Like if I had a desk job where I yeah. had to be sitting from nine to five, it'd be really interesting to see how much I could like, get away with, if you will. Yeah, um, how many bush lights you could have without having a beer belly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So Wendy's back to your your original question. Wendy's is my thing. Chick fil A was my go to. Um, you know, only downside of Chick-fil-A, one, lines are always crazy. Like, it's yeah. super busy there. Uh, where I live, actually, you have a, a Chick-fil-A and a Wendy's right next to each other. And that's usually the Wendy's I go to. Yeah. And even if I'm going to Chick-fil-A some days, if it's too busy, I go to Wendy's because Wendy's doesn't have much of a line. <laughs> that is kind of a shot at Wendy's. But they, so, they don't. so I'm super curious because um, I, I, I remember you, you doing this challenge. But, like, what, like, for you, so you're a guy that's, you know, hard the hard gainer in in retrospect right um you ate a thousand calories you know for a full month um a day of chick-fil-a like what happened to your body did you did you do blood work too or are you just more going off of feel and i i I thought about doing the blood work side of things um that would have been what probably would have been really interesting to see um because that would have shown a whole different scope Mm -hmm. that i didn't really uh i didn't really look at but um what honestly the most interesting thing for me there wasn't a ton that changed you know body composition wise there wasn't a ton that changed um you know from any type of performance or strength side of things the most interesting thing was my energy um i was a lot more sluggish every day i just it it was very very i felt tired a lot of times it was very very hard for me to have the same energy i have when i you know eat cleaner foods if you will yeah uh but yeah, without a doubt, that was the number one thing that I was, I was really interested to see because I mean, I took pictures and everything like that. I mean, there's not a whole lot that changed in terms of, uh, of what my, my uh, kind of aesthetics look like, but my energy was, was totally different. What were your total like calories? I mean, I'm assuming like you, you probably are the calorie in calorie out type of individual. Yeah. 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 So with, with the other, I'm not sure how many calories you typically eat in a day, but like yeah. what were the, what was the other side? What would the other side of your diet look like? Well, so I, I tried to keep it exactly the same as it normally was prior to then. I don't remember exactly back then. Um, I wouldn't say it was like incredibly clean, but it also, it, there was no other fast food meals. I'll put it that way. Um, but yeah, that was kind of one of the other things I, I, I didn't want to change. Cause I didn't want to be like, Oh, I'll eat super clean all these meals throughout the day and then just have Chick-fil-A. Cause I mean, at that point it would, it would be a little silly in terms of trying to find some things out with yeah. how my body responded. But, uh, you know, ultimately, and this is probably a conversation you had with some people or maybe you would like to have with some people and sparking things with uh, this brand that you've developed is ultimately for me, I wasn't trying to show that a Chick-fil-A is bad. And, but I also wasn't trying to show necessarily that a Chick-fil-A is good. You know, it wasn't either into those spectrum for me. It was that, I am so firm in believing that you have to get to know your body and what it responds well to and what it handles well, what it doesn't handle well. And, uh, and kind of go from there because I mean, I've spent my, you know, we'll say 10 years of doing this. Uh, I've spent my 10 years 
trying a lot of different things, trial and error. And I mean, I'm talking about things that have studies backed for them to work uh, that didn't work the greatest for me. You know, I, I've never, I've never tried something that was studied and that it worked poorly. Like I had a really bad effect, yeah. uh, but you kind of find out, you know, some people handle higher fats better. Some people ha handle higher carbs better. I mean, there's some themes that I think that everyone has, you know, but um, that was really the message I was trying to get across was, look, I mean, you can't always, and really the big picture is, and I'm sure you've seen this your whole life, I've seen this, um, especially with the way that physique models and supplement companies have their models, and that's not a knock on those companies, but like have their models, they look a certain way, and there's so many factors behind it that we have no idea about. I mean, you have no idea, and not even getting into, you know, the steroids and whatnot that are, that are active in a lot of them, but like, I mean, you just don't know what else goes into it. So, I mean, if you're watching people on Instagram nowadays and you see, you know, a, a guy that's absolutely yoked out of his mind and you see that it looks like every day he eats a bunch of crap, that doesn't mean that you get to eat a bunch of crap. You know, I mean, the, the funniest thing is, I'm sure you remember who Chad Ochocinco was, like the receiver um, in the NFL. When I was in college, he put out this thing that said he had like one to two meals every day for McDonald's. And like, there were these guys that I worked out with that would be like, well, we can have McDonald's at least once or twice a day. Chad Ochocinco does like all the time, but like, and, and who knows if he did that or not. I mean, he could have just been, you know, talking, but at the same time, looking at his schedule, one, there's a genetic factor to it. Uh, but two, which is huge, but two, I mean, he's an NFL player. I mean, he's working out for five hours a day. He's got weights another two hours. A day. Like for the normal person that sits at a computer for eight hours a day, and then they say, well, I work out too, so I can have McDonald's. Like, you, it's just a confusing thing that you just – it's easy to, to take in the wrong information because it's not your body that is, is actually consuming what that person's consuming. For sure. And, and the body is, you know, by no means an exact science from individual to individual. Like, there, right. there are millions of cascades that are, are different, you know. So yeah. it's, 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 it's pretty interesting. So let's, uh, let's kind of dive into some of the training. I mean, you've – You've owned 1031 for how many, how many years now? Uh, almost six. Almost six. Yeah, so, almost six. I mean, you've probably trained all types of body types. Well, so yep. when, when it comes to, you know, in some people may not, may not like, you know, how, how brazen I am about calling someone a Husky. Right. But yeah. uh, it's someone that has more fat on their body than um, the typical healthy individual. Right. And yeah. You know, you, and you see this, you see it a lot. And so my, my curiosity is, you know, how there's, and this is of course my take as, as a Husky boy myself, but there's, there's literally typically like three main factors, right? At least that's how the, the, the case it was for me. Correct me if you're seeing something different, but number one, it's, it's psychological. Okay. There's, there's psychological warfare that happens and there's a connection to food that many of these people haven't adapted over time to, I think as a crutch um, for, for self, for feelings internally. Number, number two is just a complete knowledge gap, mm -hmm. right? So not only are, are, you, are you eating the foods that make you feel comfortable, you have absolutely no true knowledge of what they're doing to you um, from a long-term standpoint and how you could potentially manipulate the nutrition you have to satisfy what's going on over here in a, in a better, healthier way for yourself. And sure. then third is just like training right? Like if you're, if you're bigger, 
you and you and you go to a gym and you see people moving doing you know overhead especially like your gym you have a lot of athletic people there too um you know overhead squats like there's no way i can do that i'm not one i don't have the mobility to um but two it's you know it's it's that type of environment where someone that is husky is probably less likely to feel even more comfortable going right um, let, let alone to a pool and wearing a shirt, let alone going to a place where there's tons of fit, sweaty people walking around, like that's going to push people away too. So given, given probably you've trained people that have been overweight before, what is, what is your, um, I guess, stance or where have you seen the greatest success from kind of those three pillars that I just discussed? Yeah. I mean, I, I'd agree with you on, I mean, kind of your, your big three are, you know, kind of your mind, your psychological side. And then obviously you got your other two that everyone kind of talks about nutrition and actually the training style. Um, you know, what one of the biggest things is, and this has come from my own education over the years, I wouldn't have known this or said this six, eight years ago and whatnot. But, you know, I, I think it's a lot of smaller things. And I, and I recommend this to people and it's always, it's, it's just free knowledge. You know, it, it would, it would be something that would put a lot of trainers out of business, to be honest with you, because of the fact that it's just, it's being a lot more real on things. Um, you know, what's crazy is for a lot of people, when you're talking about overweight, and we'll talk especially on a spectrum where they're at the top of being, you know, very overweight. Yeah. Um, and especially what I like to do is take a look at what their lifestyle's like, very similar to what we were just talking about. What's your lifestyle like? And so I look at all those factors you were just talking about. And that's how we start to kind of figure out what's going to work for them. And, you know, I actually, um, I, I am I, I cut from a different cloth, we'll put it, um, when it comes to kind of the world that we live in today when it comes to fitness. And it's, it's a very high-intensity world that we live in, and those are kind of what works right now. Um, everything from CrossFit to high-intensity interval stuff to the Orange Theories to, you know, all these different things that these fitness concepts because there is a psychological side that when people walk out of those rooms, they feel like they got smoked and therefore they got a good workout in and therefore they will get results. It's a bouncing ball that we're kind of following. Yep. Now put myself in the shoes of, and I, I luckily been able to do this because I've worked with a lot of overweight clients is if I'm an overweight client and I'm, I'm very overweight, we'll say I've had very little fitness history, workout history, anything like that. And I walk into an Orange Theory or a CrossFit gym, I am absolutely terrified. And I'm like, by, by all of it, there's nothing specific. You know, I mean, Orange Theory doesn't have heavy weights, so it's not heavy weights. Uh, CrossFit doesn't have treadmills, so I'm not scared of falling off a treadmill. Like, it's not comparing the same thing. It's not one thing specific, but I'm terrified. And, and, and the models work. Those business models work, and I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from that. Um, but the reality is it's, it's almost over complicating what really needs to happen to try to make it look sexier if that if that makes yeah. sense now, if i start a fitness concept for overweight individuals and i said we are going to have treadmills and the treadmills only go up to speed three and we have different inclines we can walk on and we are going to literally we are going to in this fitness concept we are going to walk it's a 60 minute class four days a week we are going to walk on this treadmill every day for X amount of time. We are going to lift weights and we are going to progressively get heavier in those weights. I firmly believe without a doubt, those people would get really good results. But the reality of it is that's not that sexy. It's not a sexy model. It's, it's, just, not, it's, it's, it's not the biggest loser. 
Right. Yeah, exactly. It, it's not. It's not. And it, and it wouldn't be necessarily an overnight success, which is kind of the biggest loser concept. Uh, it, it wouldn't necessarily be fast. But, but the reality is, I mean, it all comes down to looking at when I'm looking at a client, and especially when we're talking about, again, people that are overweight, is I'm looking at how much stress do they have in their life. They have a stressful job. Do they have a stressful relationship they're in? And, and then I'm moving from there onto something that I kind of put with that. But are they sleeping enough? Are they sleeping well? Are they getting plenty of that? Because that plays a role in things. You know, we tell people when I beat through, you know, walls on this with kind of our marketing efforts with what we do as a business is people are running through walls with high stress levels and little amounts of sleep. And it's just a recipe for disaster. It's not what they need psychologically though they think it's what they need so they think that okay now that i ran myself through that wall i feel better when the reality is like i've got a woman who i train right now she's in her mid-60s very very good shape um for being in her mid-60s without a doubt but i ask her every day because she doesn't tend to sleep enough and i ask her i said how much did you sleep last night and if she slept less than say six to seven hours and it's more three to four hours We'll adjust her workout from an intensity level, and I'll, tell, I'll have to tell her because she likes the higher intensity stuff, but I'll have to tell her, look, you've got to pull back. We cannot do that today because of these factors. You know? And I, I think that's something that a lot of people don't understand. Um, it's because the, the information out there is a little goofy. I mean, everyone thinks it needs to be high intensity. And if I'm an overweight individual, high intensity itself is a terrifying way to put something. It's absolutely terrifying. Yeah, um, I, mean, I fucking might have a heart attack. Like, right. You're like, I am not going to do that. And, yeah. you know, so I, I think intensity is relative as well. Um, and hey, intensity is relative. That's my dogs. Hey, intensity is <laughs> relative. And so, you know, for example, I will pay attention to someone's uh, heart rate and kind of what their heart rate looks like. And with some of my very, uh, you know, overweight clients that I've had in the past, I can simply have them go for walks. And I'm not kidding you, we can spike their heart rate. Like, it, it's pretty crazy how little it takes to spike someone's heart rate. And, you know, so what's crazy about that is, is that sounds simple. I mean, and it sounds silly to some. Like, if someone literally said, I want to lose 100 pounds, and you said, you know what? If you slept more, drank more water, figured out some of your stressors and just kind of backed away, and you started walking three to four times a week, and if you weren't doing really anything prior – they probably could lose 100 pounds. It wouldn't be fast necessarily, but they could probably lose 100 pounds from just that. And I'm, a, and, and I'm saying that as a guy who owns a gym that has plenty of classes that do have higher intensity, but we also mess with lower intensity. We kind of play with a lot of different energy systems. But, um, you know, I'm taking the whole lifting weight side out of it because obviously I'm a firm believer in that. But take that out of it. If they just did some of those smaller things, they'd see fantastic results, you know. And, mm -hmm. and, and I tell people that all the time when they say, oh, I'm not ready to come to your gym yet necessarily, this, that, the other. And that's okay. I think that's silly because we can cater to anybody. But when they say that, it's pretty simple for me. All I say is try to learn how to start lifting a little bit of weights a few days a week and start walking three or four days a week for 30 to 50 minutes. And you'll start burning weight. You'll start gaining some confidence. And you'll understand that you can kind of handle this, you know. Hands down. Um, and that, that's actually kind of interesting. So for the clients that you have seen success with that, you know, have come on board or like yeah like this type of lower intensity start like is there is there like that that trigger point that you've seen where people hit like i know like 
I hate to, I hate to use the biggest loser because I, I, I hate everything about that show and they all gained more weight than they had when they started. <laughs> However, there was all there was always this psychological like switch, right? And for me, that switch gets turned on and off, and that's why like I fluctuate a lot. It's like either I'm in the zone, I'm focused on what I'm doing, paying attention to my my output, or I'm just eating everything in sight. And usually it's 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 a stress correlation. Like sure. yeah, yeah. when COVID started and I had to be at home and with my, with my daughter 24 seven and we didn't have any help. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing? And I bought a house right before, um, like the market started turning. Yeah. And I, I instantly, I like gained 20 pounds within like a week and a half. Sure. And it was, and as soon as like my stress level started coming back down, my weight started leaving. Yeah. Um, yeah. but that's, that's neither here nor there. I got off topic. Um, but that, that trigger point in someone's brain where, where they, maybe they see a result that they didn't expect, you know, based off just a moderate, um, exertion that you put them through that gets them to continue down the path of success. Mm-hmm. Is that, is that something that, that happens that, that you see, or is there there's some sort of inflection point that, that you notice or you get them to, to where they're like, oh yeah, this is working. I, I'm bought in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting you say it because I was just having a conversation about this with a guy who uh, I was just having a conversation with a guy, newer trainer, um, trying to kind of build a brand for himself and figure some things out. And we were talking about, we were talking about it in the, in the form of group training, but we were talking about um, cycles, you know, so whether or not a cycle makes sense in a group training uh, format. And what I mean by that is a cycle where it's like, okay, we are starting a new training cycle today yeah. and in eight weeks we'll test out said cycle. Yeah. Um, and there's, you know, there, there's pros and cons to it because there's the pros where it's like, okay, Johnny sees that week one, he was doing a one mile run taking 12 minutes. And by week eight, it took him 10 minutes. So he cut two minutes off his mile, you know, go, getting into more of the, the weightlifting side, he was bench pressing 135 pounds and now he's bench pressing 165 pounds. That's great. Um, and I, and I, I love things like that. Um, but it also can backfire to be honest with you. Like all those factors we just talked about that are outside the gym that we don't know. Mm-hmm. Someone could be overly stressed when that test week comes out. They could have, because of scheduling reasons, missed a bunch of uh training session. And then eight weeks later, Johnny's like, screw this workout thing. I just worked out for eight weeks. In his head, he thinks he was doing everything right. I worked out for eight weeks. I didn't do anything. Like my my mile time got worse, you know. Just these things, and, and as you and I both know, the, the body's goofy. There's times you can feel like you've been doing everything you want to do, and you can't hit a PR to save your life. And there's other times you're like, I just hung out with my buddies all weekend and had 10 beers yesterday and hit a PR on a squat, you know, like something goofy like that. So, um, so you know, that's why I wanted that. That is when you get into the, in my opinion, more of the lifting weight side of things. And actually, for me as a trainer, but when I advise people that are not working a trainer, to really follow along to where your journey, where you started, how much weight you could do this with so that you can see how much weight you can now do this with, you know, yeah. because the weights are a little different. The weights don't really lie with a lot of things. You know mm-hmm. I mean? Um, that is why I like the conjugate method so much is that you are every week. There's a psychological side to being like, I'm going to hit an upper body PR and I'm going to hit a lower body PR. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I like so much about it is because what you just asked about the psychological PR that keeps people coming back. Like, and it doesn't matter. I'm not talking about coming back to, to train with me, but I mean, just to continue their journey, you know, yeah. um, because otherwise it is, it's, I mean, I've, I've seen the, 
I've seen the bad sides that are not related to anything specific, but I've seen the bad side of someone getting discouraged by training. Um, maybe they were doing well for eight weeks and then they you know, weren't hitting PRs or they weren't, you know, progressing or whatever their goals were, uh, were changing. But, you know, that's, that's something I think that you're going to have to deal with and try to just educate your clients on in terms of, you know, I go through it, you go through it. Um, you know, life's all about different kind of cycles you go through. I mean, whether it be that one minute you like to train more bodybuilding and the next you'd like to train more for strength and powerlifting and, you know, the next you want to start doing CrossFit, you know, whatever it is, you know, all these different things. We kind of go through cycles. Um, but I think ultimately a lot of that comes down to you being honest with yourself too. You know, if I, if I spent eight weeks and I was working on my 5K time, I can't be pissed off when I come into the gym and I'm 20 pounds below my last bench PR. I mean, because I haven't been training for that, you know. Same thing goes for, you know, educating your clients to understand that if they miss two weeks because they were stressed out with work and they just couldn't make it in, stress and the fact that you weren't doing anything, you're probably not going to come back. So take a little bit of time to build that back up. So, um, you know, I tell everyone, I think the biggest thing that I can do as a trainer for people like you and I that I would consider fitness professionals, for lack of a better term, um, is to educate clients. Like the clients I work with, I want them to be educated. I don't want them to just say, okay, do you, you do my programming, you tell me what to do, and it works, because that can happen. There's nothing wrong with that. But if they're educated, then they can start to understand, okay, I didn't hit a PR because of this, or okay, I am five pounds heavy this month because of this. They start to get those, those things figured out, you know? Yeah, and so I, I know we're, we're kind of, we're talking a lot about training, which, you know, for, for me and probably for you, my philosophy is like, you, you train more, more than just to, to look good. You train to feel yeah. good. You train mm -hmm. to reduce stress, to release endorphins, like to, to just feel better. Like that's why you train, right? Yeah. That's, that's it. And then from the other, the things that cater to how you look are how you eat more so, right? Like in, in how you eat and how you train combined, give you the results that, you know, whatever you desire. Like for me, like I, I always seem to be training for mass because I still eat like a shithead and sure. I train heavy because that's what I like to do. Therefore, I, I'm, in a, I'm in a bulking stage 24-7. Cool. Sure. And um, so I guess my, my question is, and I, I've been seeing this, I've been asking myself this a lot, you know, because I follow guys like Mark Bell and, you know, you know, Sean Baker, you know, the yeah. carnivore diet, the keto, the keto kids of the world. Yeah, um, but like, I, I see this and a lot of people that have made transformations too, is that like, there's a lot of bigger people that seem to get a lot better results on a higher fat, higher protein diet mm -hmm. and carbs. And I'm just curious if you've seen, you know, with certain body types, right, that they actually yeah. do better and it could be potentially of a, of, of a lifestyle of having too many carbs as is to when you actually cut them out. Now you can see better results because your, your body's trained to just take the carbs and turn it into fat. And so when you cut it out and maybe that's why we're seeing so many bigger people have so much success on these lower carb diets. I, I wanted to get your take on that. Yeah, so my fiance Amanda would be able to talk to you about that just because of the fact that she specifically does nutrition, you yeah. know, kind of advising with clients and stuff like that. So um, 
but but my personal opinion, it kind of goes back to what we were just talking about at the beginning of this when it comes down to um, figuring out you personally what works for your body. Um, you know, for me personally, and then I'll get into some client stuff, but for me personally, I tried um, I tried a very high fat, low carb um, diet when I was in college, when I was trying to... Um, I was trying to, to shred up for uh, like a spring break trip or something like that. And uh, it completely backfired. I looked like dog shit. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I was all pissed off. I was doing like a, it was like a fat cycling thing where like okay. you'd go, you know, it's kind of carb cycling, but it was with fats. Um, but ultimately you were still keeping your carbs lower and your fats higher and whatnot. Um, and then, you know, I mean, and so for me, that has not worked from aesthetic side. Um, but I have seen plenty of people. I mean, and I, I that that it works great with. I mean, more of a you know lower carb, higher fat. Now, I mean, you brought up the point of you know is that because they've spent a certain amount of their life over consuming carbs, and so almost like oh, we've got this big batch of extra carbs already just sitting inside of us. So mm -hmm. it's it's really you know a maintenance side. I, I do think, and this is going to get off on a little bit of a tangent, but. I do think one thing that does go misunderstood by a lot of people, regardless of what diet they're following or what kind of a, a methodology they're following for nutrition is, is that we get so over obsessed with daily things like the daily amount of carbs I have and the daily amount of fats, which that's a building block into the big picture. But people are looking less at, okay, what's my weekly kind of mm -hmm. intake look like my monthly, you know, I mean, very few obviously are going to be like, Oh, this year I had this many carbs, this many fats. I mean, uh, you might be insane actually if you did that, yeah. but, um, but, uh, but that is the, that is the big picture, right? Yeah. I mean, because if you look at also a lot of the people that are out there that do a ton of study on nutrition, say that the biggest thing that people will do is, is they'll Monday through Thursday or Monday through Friday do great and hit all their macros if they're following that type of a nutrition plan. And then Saturday, Sunday, we overconsume and we threw the whole thing off, but we don't know why we're not losing weight. Um, I, I will say, I also think, um, I, I also think that there is still a lot of knowledge that people lack when they try these diets. Um, and what I mean by that is I will have conversations very frequently, um, with either a client or a member of my gym or just random people that are on social media um, or even just random people that I'll be in contact with that'll come to me asking for some advice and stuff. And, and it usually goes like this and they'll be like, Hey, so I've been eating keto or okay. And I'm, I, that's just a hot trigger word, but I've been eating keto. Um, and I'm not really losing weight or something like that. And you'll be like, okay, well, what, what do you, what do you mean you're eating keto? That's always my first question. What do you mean? They're like, well, I have like no carbs. And I'll be like, okay. And I'll like, oh, with a serious face, I'll be like, okay. I'm like, so what do you eat? And they will begin to name, and I'm not knocking them for not knowing this, but they'll begin to name what they ate, and they are having plenty of carbs. Like, like they, they're just like, yeah, I don't, I do not eat any carbs today. Yeah, and I have like, when you're like, I like five avocados. I mean, I mean <laughs> quick math right now, and you're like about 200 carbs, grams of carbs deep. So I think you did eat carbs today. Um, so, and again, that's not a knock on them. You know, that's it, it's more of a you know a lack of understanding with some of some of the things. You know, my my only fear I have for anyone that goes extreme on any of these ways, that's the, the only reason why more than anything that I am big on 
the way I train because I train more for longevity than anything else. Um, and I'll, I'll kind of shift to that in a second. But is with nutrition is I ask people this. If you think keto is something that you can see yourself doing 365 days from now, do keto. If you think that carnivore is something you can see yourself doing 365 days from now, and I mean continuously, I don't mean starting back over on it 365 days from now. If it's something you can see yourself doing, then do it. I mean, that's the ultimate reality of my uh, kind of thought process and my methodology uh, and my belief system on training and nutrition with anything in life. I, I don't care. And, it, and that kind of goes back to the training side. You know, I mean, I uh, again on, on programming and, and I, had, I had told him, I love, again, going back to the conjugate method. I love doing something that's more conjugate based where we have a lower body and an upper body day once a week where we go for a max effort. And I, the way that I do it is I have three other days a week that we go more hypertrophy work. That's just, that's a, it's kind of a power hypertrophy plan. Um, I, I love that. Now, are there ways of periodizing something that actually could probably get me like one to two to three percent stronger if I really stuck to it perfectly? Yeah, there's some science out there. But ultimately, for me and my goals, I'm looking for something that like, if I went on vacation for a week, I come back and I still didn't really miss a bunch. You know, if I miss a day because I'm sick, I'm good. You know, like, that's kind of what I look at it like. And so then with the nutrition, it's the same thing. Can you do that? Can you go to a wedding and still be good? You know, can you go for a boy's trip on a weekend and still come back good? Like, uh, you know, I, that's, that's my overall, that's my biggest thing. I, 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 I don't love to get really deep into any specific diet because if they all didn't kind of work, then we wouldn't be talking about it. Like, they, yeah. you know, so they have work, they can work. You know, it is what it is. And you're going to have, with the way the internet is today, you're going to have zealots for every diet and zealots for every workout program. And we're all going to argue about them and do this, that, the other. But ultimately, if it works for you and you can do it for one year, and that's a, I'm not saying five years, I'm not getting crazy, but one year, then more power to you. Do it. Yeah, do tribal, it. Tribalism everywhere we turn. Um, right. It's everywhere. Yeah. So we're, we're libertarian nutrition advice. Yeah, yeah whatever, that's true. whatever works for you, do it. Don't fuck around with anyone else, whatever they're doing. Very, very true. Very true. <laughs> All right. So, um, well, that's, I, I do want to kind of end here, um, with, you know, you, you know, Austin Teal, couple things. Where do people find you? Right. Mm -hmm. Like on social, cause you, you clearly are, are a very intellectual person, uh, a crush that people could potentially lean on for fitness advice. Um, so we want to be able to let them find you, number one. Actually, then, I crush it first, and I was flattered. <laughs> Perfect. And number, and number two um, would be, like, for <clears throat> the Husky boys of the world, any word to the wise, like any, any grand statements that you would make to that type of community, you know, say – say they're between the ages of 15 to 25 trying to figure out how to be less husky and own it and sure. live a better healthy life what do you say uh so where you can find me uh probably instagram is probably the best way it's a teal a y y t e e l so a y y t e e l uh that's my instagram handle that's where most of my stuff that i put out is on nowadays um but, you know, for the, for the Husky boys out there, in terms of, and this kind of goes back to finishing off with what we just kind of talked about and carrying it over, my biggest thing is 
is experiment with things from training styles to nutrition styles and find what not only works for you, but find what actually makes you happy. Um, you know, I, my biggest thing, not to get into another story, but just a, a quick reason I say that is I have tried darn near every type of workout routine. I, I've tried them all. Um, but the reality is I didn't love all of them. Like, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fitness guy and, and, and it can be cyclical. It can be six months. And then you're like, you know what? I saw that dude lifting some heavy weight. I'm going to be a power lifter for a little while and you can change it. And then it can be like, you know what? That dude was looking kind of shredded and that CrossFit stuff looks kind of fun. You can do that for six months. It does not have to be the same for the rest of your life, but just honestly, just be true to yourself and figure out what really, really kind of makes you tick. Um, and then just do it, you know, because that's what you're going to be consistent with. You know, I mean, I've, I've done programs where I really didn't enjoy it, but I was actually getting great results. But then I, you know, wanted to, to beat my head into a wall. Cause I just, every training session felt like dog shit. So, um, find what you enjoy because like you said, ultimately the training side so much more than anything else is, is a mental thing. It's a way for you to get away from the BS you've got in the world. And it's, it's going to be something that you can really kind of transfer over to so many other, you know, parts of your life. For sure. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. Now go get some sun out by the, out by the pool, get those dogs in line and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. I appreciate you being the first one on here, brother. Absolutely. I'll talk soon. Yeah. All right. See ya.